All right, guys, I want you to head back to your seats. Find your seat. Head back to your seats, guys. All right, I want you to tell your partner next to you, would you rather have coffee or tea? And why? Talk to them. Coffee or tea? All right, guys, I want you to rein it back in here. I'm going to introduce you to a speaker tonight. Guys, I'm super excited about what God has in store for us tonight. Here's the thing. Many of you may know, before I came here to Westwood, I was a youth pastor at a different church. In fact, I was a youth pastor of 6th through 12th grade, so I got to work with not only middle schoolers but also high schoolers. Let me tell you one thing. Um, those who are high schoolers in here, don't take offense to this because you were middle schoolers. I love middle schoolers. Like, no question, you guys are my favorite people group in the world. And if you were a middle schooler once, you're still one of my favorite people, all right, which is great. But I want you to know that while I was at Freshwater, you can come on up. While I was at Freshwater, I got to know this girl. Her name is Michelle Sorensen. Michelle, Michelle was a girl who I got to see, you know, every once in a while, and I would always come up and ask her, and I didn't even know how to talk to her sometimes. I was like, Michelle, oh, I haven't seen you in a while. And she should have said, well, I also have a disorder. So, <laughs> And so there were times when I didn't always know how to interact with her. But as I began, got to know her, and as I, as I heard God's story through her, I began to realize, you know what, God is... God is doing something amazing in this girl's heart, in this girl's mind. And I got to know her and I got to hear the story that God is writing inside of you, Michelle. And even through some hard times, even through some difficult things, she's going to share her story tonight. And guys, I'm going to ask you to not be distracted. I'm going to ask you to engage and I'm going to ask you to listen and hear. And right now you're already doing it. So I want you guys here tonight. And tonight, I want you to listen to the story that, that has been going on because Michelle's going to walk you through some of the things that have been going on. And, and I think that by the end, you'll probably announce like you have a YouTube channel. Yeah, and I want you to yeah. tell them all that kind of stuff too because mm -hmm. it's amazing. She reaches, guys, you might not know this, but this girl right here, she reaches thousands and thousands of people around the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And through what God gave her, and allowed her to endure through, he's using her in amazing ways. And I always tell you guys, one of the things I always tell you, right here, right here, we're not with our partner. I always tell you, God created you uniquely. I know sometimes it sucks. Maybe sometimes you're like, what the heck? Why did I get this? Why did I get that? What I want you to know is God created you beautifully. He created you wonderfully for a purpose that he has for your life. And so tonight, I'm going to ask you to listen. I'm going to ask you to hear and engage, not be distracted by your partner. But before I do, I'm going to pray for Michelle. I'm going to pray for God's words to speak through her story tonight. So let's pray together, and then let's, let's listen up. Lord, we do thank you for this night. We thank you that you are a God who is working. Lord, we thank you that you are a God who is moving in this place. And Lord, thank you for bringing Michelle here. I pray, Lord, that you would do whatever it is that your will is tonight through the words that she has and the story that you have written in her heart and continue to write 
in her life. Lord, thank you for the truth of your word. And in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so the first thing I'm going to need you to do is I'm going to need you to find a partner or a couple of people, and I want you to introduce yourself and tell them three things that you love to do, and you have 30 seconds, okay? So, talk. Okay, you have about 10 seconds left. Okay, time's up. Can I get your attention again? Ready? Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so what are some of the things that you guys heard? What are some of the things you like to do? Yeah? Reading. I love to read. Anybody else? Water skiing. Fun. Yeah? Yeah, you. What? Eating. Ooh, that's a good one for this, for this story. <laughs> okay, well, what if I told you that you had to pick one of those things to never do again? What would you do? And what if I told you, okay, I need you guys to touch it. What if I told you that you, could, that you could never do any of those things again? All the things you told each other. What if I told you you could never do any of those again? Well, if any of you had asked me what my favorite things to do are, I would tell you that I'm a figure skater, I'm a dancer, and I love to compete in those things. But if you really knew me, you'd know that I can't do any of those things anymore. So my name's Michelle, but I go by Mickey, and I'm 18 years old, and I have something called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. EDS is a connective tissue disorder. And connective tissue is the glue that holds your body together. It is supposed to be tough and strong, and mine is not. People with EDS, our connective tissue is stretchy and weak and very fragile. And so it causes a lot of health problems. Because connective tissue is found all over your body, in your blood, in your skin, your bones, your joints, your organs. It's everywhere. So I want to do one more demonstration with you guys that I'm going to need your help with um, to give you a little bit of an idea. So I need you guys to stretch with me, okay? So everybody, take your right arm, lift it up over your head, and stretch, okay? How, how far can you guys go, huh? How, how far can you stretch? Try really hard. Ooh, you can get pretty far. All right. Now this is a little bit about, this, this, this is how my joints are, okay? Pretty flexible. So now, I'm going to have you do one more thing, okay? Take your fingers, or take your thumb, and see, if you, see how far it'll, it'll go. Like, try to stretch your thumb, okay? Mine can go to here. It can also go to there. <laughs> no, it does not hurt. It doesn't hurt. I'll tell you. So, okay, if I can get your attention again. So as you can see, like my, I'm stretchy, I'm bendy. Like I can do contortionist tricks, like literally I can do contortionist tricks. Um, but they, they make really good tricks. 
but it, they are not worth the price that you have to pay. Um, so because my joints are so flexible, I'm prone to dislocations. So I personally dislocate over 30 joints every single day, every day. And I'll, I'll give you just a little bit of an idea of what that looks like, okay? So every morning when I wake up, I have to put both of my hips back into place. <clears throat> and actually, first, I forgot. First, I start with my wrists and my elbows and any of my fingers that have come out while I'm sleeping. That way I can actually fix the rest of me. Then I have to fix both of my hips, and then I stand up, and I fix my knees and my ankles, and then I go to the bathroom, and as I go to sit down, I dislocate my hips again, and then as I reach for the faucet, I dislocate my shoulder, reaching for the faucet. All day, every day, is a battle against my body just to move. All it wants to do is fall apart, and it's my job not to let it, and it's a hard one. <laughs> but it doesn't only affect your joints. As I mentioned, connective tissue is everywhere. So the other really big thing that it affects for me is my autonomic nervous system. And I doubt any of you guys know what that is, but think autonomic, automatic. It controls the functions that you don't have to think about. So, like as you're sitting here, you're digesting the dinner that you just ate, and you're not having to think about it. Your heart is beating without you telling it to. You're breathing and you're not having to think about it. All of those things are controlled by your autonomic nervous system. And for me, a lot of those functions are broken. Um, so, I, my stomach has been shut off. I can no longer digest food. I can't keep my body temperature regulated, so I'm either too cold or too hot. I pass out a lot because your body is supposed, to, when you stand up, your body is supposed to adjust and like keep, keep your blood pressure good. Well, mine <laughs> does not. And so when I stand up, my heart rate goes really high and my blood pressure drops and I pass out a lot. And those are just a couple of the other things that my autonomic nervous system controls. But Pretty much to give you guys an idea, like EDS affects everything. So before I was diagnosed, I was a healthy kid, healthy kid. I was a dancer, a figure skater, and I was good at it. I was really good at it. And it was what I loved to do more than anything. I spent 10 hours a week dancing. But eventually I started to get sick, and I started to get injured a lot, and we couldn't really figure out why. And over the course of probably a year and a half, it started to get really bad. I was at the doctors all the time. They couldn't figure out what was happening. I was tearing things and spraining things and getting tendinitis. Like, I was always in a cast or a boot. And eventually, my parents just had enough. They're like, okay, something's wrong. So I went to see about a million doctors before I heard the three words that would change my life forever. You have... Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. And at that point, like, I was kind of in shock. I was like, mm, no, no thanks. Like, as if I could just, like, give it back. Because I, w I was healthy. I didn't want to accept that. Like, would you? Like, no, you wouldn't. And so I tried to keep living my life, but eventually my doctor looked me straight in the face and said, if you don't stop dancing, if you don't stop skating, you will do irreversible damage. And so I had to quit. And I have never felt more defeated. I identified myself by the things that I did. I 
that was all that I loved. If you were to ask me, like you did, like I did, said earlier, I was a figure skater, I was a dancer, and now all of that was gone, and I had no idea what to do. And not only did he tell me that I have Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, or EDS, but he told me two things. One, it's gonna get worse. And two, there is no cure, and you will never get better. And as a 14-year-old girl, hearing that not only am I gonna get worse, but that I'm never gonna get better, leaves a kind of hopeless that I can't even describe unless you've been through it. <clears throat> so he was right, I did get worse. And so the next thing, at that point it was just my joints. And as the years went on, obviously I stopped dancing and everything, and the hope was that it would keep my joints from getting any worse. Well, it didn't. I am always injured still, but it affects my organs more nowadays. So my skin, which is an organ, um, is very fragile, so I, I can't wear headphones very much because it'll literally tear my ears off. I can't, if I wear a hat, I have to make sure it doesn't touch my ears. If I don't have long sleeves on, I can't, I can't lean against this because the skin on my elbow will just split open. And as for my stomach, that was the thing that really, really got bad. So I have something called gastroparesis, which as I mentioned, causes your stomach not to be able to digest food. And that came on a couple years ago and it causes basically the stomach flu symptoms. So imagine living with the stomach flu every day of your life. I guess for probably about a year after my diagnosis, I was eating about 300 calories a day. That was it. Everything else I would throw up. And for, for an image, that's like a glass of juice and some crackers. Like for a year, that's all I was able to manage. I was losing so much weight. I'd lost like 35 pounds and I was, dying, like I was starving to death. And every day I could feel the life draining from my body. And I was scared, like 16 years old, scared to go to sleep because I didn't know if I'd wake up in the morning. <clears throat> and that's when I got my feeding tube. So I have, a, as you can see right here, I'm constantly attached to this backpack and this has my feeding tube. Um, and that is what keeps me alive. Eventually, I'd gotten so sick that they intervened with this and it saved my life. I got life back into my body again. I realized what it was like to wake up with energy and it's pretty great. <laughs> but my suffering didn't stop there. I still deal with all these issues every day. And one of the things at the time that was the hardest for me was the sadness that came along with all of that. I mean, as you can imagine, the physical pain was intense, but so was the emotional pain. I had stopped doing everything. I literally didn't know who I was anymore. And because of my health, I was stuck in bed all day, every day. And honestly, I didn't, I didn't have any reason to get out of bed. I would go to, I was so miserable and in so much pain that I would pray that I didn't wake up in the morning. I, I cannot tell you the intense amount of suffering that I felt. And one night, I remember so clearly, I was laying in my bed and I was crying and I just cried out to God. I was like, God, 
Why? Why did you do this to me? Why did you do this to me? I was mad. I, I just felt lost, and I felt defeated. And I was angry, and I just cried out. I couldn't do it anymore. And it was as if I, I heard him speak to me more clearly than I've ever heard before. It was as if the words were audibly spoken to me. And he said, Mickey, this pain is not going to be wasted. You are going to use this to share your story with so many people. And I was like, mm, are you sure? Like, really? I had no idea what he, was, what he was talking about. I was like, how can I possibly go and share this with people? Like, I'm sad. Like, I don't want, nobody wants to hear that. And so I asked him, I'm like, okay, if you want me to do this, like, show me how. Like, show me how to be happy. Show me how to use this mess of myself. And he did. I, the biggest thing that I learned was that true joy does not come from dancing. It does not come from figure skating. It doesn't come from your friends. It doesn't come from anything in this world because all of the material things will fail you. <clears throat> maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but eventually they will fail you. <clears throat> but true joy comes from God. And that's why today I'm able to sit here with a smile on my face and tell you that I am happy. And yes, I'm still in pain 24 hours of every day. And I still deal with health issues and I deal with struggles, but I have learned that you can still have joy no matter what you're facing. And there's a Bible verse that I really love and hold on to. It's Nehemiah 8.10. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I hold on to that because through... I'm in the hospital all the time. I have surgeries all the time. And I used to wonder, like, how can I do it? Like, it's hard. But I have that joy from the Lord. And I have that strength from him that I can get through anything that life throws at me. Anything that my body throws at me, I can get through. <clears throat> and as, as Spencer mentioned a little bit, I do have a YouTube channel. So... I took God's calling. He put this calling on me to share my story, and I had to, I had to listen, so I did. I, I mean, I created an Instagram and a YouTube, and I'm speaking here today in front of you because he put that calling on me. And I wanted, after I found that joy, I wanted to share that with others. And so um, collectively, over v different social media platforms, we have about 80,000 followers and well over 5 million views. Like, I never would have imagined that I would be sitting here in front of you today telling you this story because I truly, truly believed with all of my heart that I would be miserable for the rest of my life if I was even alive right now. I thought I was going to die. But I, I am. I'm able to sit here today and tell you that. And although you may not be sick, you may not have my disease, I sure hope you don't have my disease, <laughs> but each and every one of you has struggles, whether you know what they are, you know what your struggles are, but you get to choose how you deal with those things. You get to choose your attitude. And the joy of the Lord can be your strength too. I have one more thing to share with you before I, before I go tonight, and that is one of my best friends. 
He has been through every surgery, every procedure, every hospital stay. He has gotten all of the tubes that I have. He's gone through it all with me. And his name is Terry. So they'll put a picture of Terry up there for you guys. There he is. Terry is my teddy bear. Yes, I am 18 years old and I have a teddy bear. Proud. Yeah, yeah, you go. <laughs> but Terry is more than just a teddy bear to me. He is my reminder, my physical thing that I can hold as a reminder from God. Because he, I mean, he has everything that I have. I have that feeding tube. I have that IV in my chest. But you know what he has that will never change? He can get tubes and whatever, but you know what can never be taken from him? His smile. It is stitched onto his face, and nothing is going to take that smile away. So he's my reminder. Through all the stuff I go to, I bring Terry, because I have the joy of the Lord in me, and that's my reminder. So thank you for giving me this opportunity. I want to take a moment to just ask you a couple of questions yeah. and, and maybe just have an opportunity to dive into a few things that I think, I think are going to really help you guys understand a little bit more. The first time I heard this story, I want you guys to listen up here, right up here. I see a lot of people on their phones. They're talking to their neighbors. They should be right here. Guys, when I first heard this story, the way that Michelle started telling me it was she was talking about her 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 being able to do a bunch of stuff. And then she talked about how she started going to the hospital because they didn't know what was going on. And they mm -hmm. went to doctor after doctor after doctor. They couldn't find an answer. They couldn't find an answer. There was no, this is a very rare disease. It is, yeah, very rare. Can you explain some of that as well? Yeah, I mean, as in like the rare aspect? Or yeah, like yeah. The, mm -hmm. Yeah, so... There, so EDS is like the general term, and there's a couple different types. I think there's 13 or 14 now. Um, and I have the classical type, which obviously you guys don't know what that means, but it affects roughly one in 40 to 50,000 people. So it is an incredibly, incredibly rare disease. And up until the past few years, there wasn't even any like medical research. I still go into doctors all the time, and I'm like, so they're like, so I see you have EDS. What is that? And I'm like, this isn't going to work out. <laughs> like, I, they still don't know. Like, it, it is very, very rare, um, which yeah. is part of why it takes so long to be diagnosed. Like, yeah, I was diagnosed at 14, and that's early. Yeah, and as, as you begin to tell the story to me, you begin to talk about just the reality that when you got diagnosed with this, it, it was a life-altering diagnosis yeah. because not only did that mean that the things that were currently happening to your body were limiting mm -hmm. what was going on, you began to realize from what the doctors were saying that you had to kind of stop everything. Yeah. And those things that were so important to you were, were literally taken away from you and you didn't have anything. Guys, I don't know what I would do in junior high and high school if I wasn't a football player because I... I that was where I was able to identify a lot of myself because it was a great opportunity. I mean, I loved playing football. It was easy. It was something that was really enjoyable for me. And to have that yanked from you, and then not only that, but then you had to start being homeschooled. Mm -hmm. And 
most of your friendships started to have to be kind of taken away, not because you wanted that, because they didn't understand, um, they didn't realize what you were going through. And then also, I mean, you were in a place that was really difficult as well. Mm -hmm. And can you explain a little bit more, what was that feeling of hopelessness that you felt? Yeah, so um, as Spencer said, like I, I got too sick to go to school, and so I had to be homeschooled. And that, that was really hard, like you said, on my friendships. And unfortunately, most of my friends didn't understand. And I, I was bullied pretty badly, not by my friends, but other people at the school, because like here I was, I grew up with these people in school and I was fine on the outside. And then suddenly like I was super sick and had all this stuff and they were like, oh, really? Like they didn't believe me. So I was bullied really badly. And so not only did I like not, wasn't able to go to school, but then it became like a negative place for me. And so I came home and I pretty much just laid in bed all the time. Like I was in bed all, all the time because I didn't have anything else to do. And I felt like there wasn't anything that I could do. Like I would think about, my parents would try to get me out of the house. Like, let's go do this, let's go do this. But I couldn't, like I didn't want to do anything. I, I, I literally had nothing that I loved anymore. and the type of hopelessness that I felt during that was like, I felt like my life had no meaning. Like my life was over at 15, 14, 15, like just over. And that's, that is such a hard feeling to accept. Like I, I can't even describe it. Like just. And when I, when I, when I share from the heart, it's, and uh, when I began to get to know Mickey and, and hear what God was doing in her heart, I, I sometimes had to ask the question, how, how can you, how can you continue to, to even, even move towards God in the midst of so many things and, and to see you doing that. And I know that there's, there's valleys, there's times when it's like, where are you, God? Right. And, Always. and there's times when it's like, yep, we're right <laughs> here. We are right here. That time when you it felt like you audibly heard what God was saying. And I will tell you what, from my heart, and I think from everyone here, God's using your story. Mm -hmm. And I think it's amazing when God uses the story that he gives us. And guys, God is writing a story in your life. And one of the things that you're going to notice, the phrase isn't if suffering and pain come, it's when, when. suffering and pain come, right? Yeah. When suffering and pain come, we have a joy of the Lord. That doesn't always mean happiness. No, that doesn't, it doesn't. I right? mean, I, I still have bad days. Like who doesn't? That's part of being human. But the point is, is like, you're allowed to have those bad days, but you always have to remember that like you get through those. And you, when, when I have my bad days, that's when I cling to God the most. And that's when he fills me up with his strength and his joy is when I'm feeling so sad and down and it's a hard day. Yeah. So I want you guys to continue to think about that and just allow that to stir in your hearts. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to allow you guys to go to small groups. If you want, guys, listen up, please. If you guys, if you want to connect with Mickey and you just want to hear from her or ask her a question or talk to her, I'd invite you after small group, she's going to be sitting out in the cafe, mm -hmm. just at a table hanging out. And if you would like to come talk to her, feel free to do that. All right. I'm going to pray. And then I would I like bite. you guys... <laughs> What? I said, I don't bite. <laughs> yeah, I would like you guys to go to small groups after I pray. Let's pray. Everyone listen up. Let's pray. 
Dear Jesus, we thank you that you are a God who meets us in the midst of so many things in our life. Lord, I pray that when, when things come, when hard things come, when pain meets us, when suffering begins to happen, Lord, I pray that we would cling to you and you alone, even when we don't understand it. Lord, that's the hardest thing. I pray, Lord, for anybody who's here and is suffering right now, maybe in pain, and there's something going on, Lord, I pray that they would cling to the only hope that we have and the joy that you give us. And it's in you. Lord, I thank you for the truth of your word and your gospel. Lord, I thank you for these students and for the awesome time that we get to have together. And in Jesus' name, we said amen. amen. Have an awesome night. I love you guys, and I can't wait to see you next week at Ash Wednesday service. Everything.